Hello and welcome to episode two of the Legal Lives podcast. My name is Vicky, I'm a solicitor at Erwin Mitchell Solicitors and I sit on the Junior Lawyers Division National Executive Committee. Now you may have noticed since the last episode that I am now a fully qualified solicitor and so I've recently been through the qualification process. I thought I knew exactly what I needed to do to qualify, but I didn't realise the behind the scenes administration involved and the deadlines I needed to make sure I had in my diary. In light of this, I thought it would be a perfect time to focus this episode on how to qualify as a solicitor and talk about the key things you need to know and remember if you're due to be admitted soon. I'm joined today by Richard Williams from the Solicitors Regulation Authority to talk us through the administrative tasks to be carried out when applying for admission, the difference between the LPC and SQE route, the fees to be paid and much more. I really hope you enjoy today's episode and find it useful. So let's get started. Hi Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I have already told the listeners that you are from the Solicitors Regulation Authority, but a good place I think to start would be for you to tell us who are the SRA and what role do you play within the SRA? Okay. Uh, hi everybody, uh, thanks thanks for joining me. Um, my name's Richard um, and I'm a policy manager at the SRA and I've been involved in the delivery, well the development and delivery of the SQE right from the very start to, to right where we are. So, you know, I've been living and breathing the SQE now for, for as long as, you know, it's been around as, a, as, 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 a, as an idea. Um, but in terms, of the, in terms of the SRA, you know, we regulate solicitors and law firms in England and Wales. We're the largest regulator of legal services. And I think it's around, you know, we regulate 90% of the, of the regulated market and we oversee some 200 and 12,000 solicitors and about 10,000 law firms. So, you know, we, we operate at, at a large scale. And one, I mean, we have lots of different functions, but, you know, one of our primary functioning functions, and particularly from the education training team that I'm from, is that we oversee all education and training requirements, you know, that are required to practice as a solicitor. We license individuals and firms to practice and we set the standards for, for the professions also. And, and then obviously we regulate and enforce anything if it goes wrong. And then obviously a key part of that work is, is, is admission, yeah. um, you know, which is a, 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 a massive, a massive step in, in terms of, you know, qualification and to become a solicitor yeah absolutely and that's really good to know actually because I know I've always seen the SRA as this big scary body and I'm not entirely sure what they do but I know they're important so I think it's really good to um, start out by setting out exactly who the SRA are and that it's important to know they play such a, a key part in admitting individuals and ultimately the thing I've learned from going through the process recently is that the SRA are there to really help you um, they're not these scary regulators that you think actually they they want to support you and in being admitted as a solicitor which is a massive part of of you know a solicitor's career and they couldn't have helped me enough in in the process and um thank you to the SRA and for you to be being here today to talk through this on the podcast um so yeah so I have recently gone through this process and I underestimated the steps in it really because I I didn't know exactly what needed to be done and I took the lead of 
my firm and my training principle in that but there's actually quite a bit that you need to do as well as your firm um so I think the first the first step is what does admission involve what's the first thing you need to do and thing that you need to have in your head when you're perhaps starting your training contract starting your qualifying work experience when when and how do you start this process yeah it's it's a really good really good question it's good to know that uh, our contact centre and other forms of kind of how we're, we're really supportive and I would echo to anyone listening that if they've got a question even if they feel it's, it's the most stupidest of question you know you won't be the only person thinking that so do contact absolutely contact just because you know people you know we get asked these questions all the time you know it, 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 I suppose in terms of a journey from kind of where, where people may be to, to being admitted I think one of the first starting points is, is really is thinking about okay well we're in a hybrid world at the moment in terms of qualification you know we have the introduction of the SQE yeah. but we also have for a period of time up until sort of late 20, uh, 2031 I think yeah um the, the, I suppose what we're calling the traditional route which is the LPC kind of period of recognized training so I think almost a starting point is well if I want to be admitted as a, as a solicitor have I met what the SRA are asking in terms of admission requirements mm-hmm. now whilst the similarities between I suppose that, that traditional route and the SQE there are also differences yeah and you, you picked up there on uh, unqualified work exper- experience so yeah. almost the, the fundamental starting point is you know, ha- have I got in place or have I done everything in terms of my my kind of qualification yeah. requirements and, that, and that's a really good this process a really good point and I suppose to just jump in if you're already at a firm working as a paralegal or about to start this process, decide which route you're going to take and which route's better for you. Is it to do an LPC training contract or is it to do the SQE? And I suppose those are conversations if, like I said, you're already paralegal at your firm, you can have with your firm, see what their preference is. Do research into the SQE and the LPC training contract and and figure out what's best for you and I, I think that's a brilliant starting point because there's there's no point delving into figuring out what you need to do if you don't know what route you want to go because the requirements are slightly different yeah and we've got a, a super tool on our website actually it's a kind of a decision tool so you could if, if you are thinking which route do I really go down you can ask a series of questions and, and it kind of gives you sort of answers and prompts for you to think oh, about. Amazing. So I would encourage people to, if they're thinking about what route is, is more appropriate, then to have a look at that tool because that might give them some clarity. Yeah, perfect. Um, okay, so I've chose my route and I I know what I'm going to do. So what do I do now? I know there's a, a my SRA account. So when do you set that up and... How do you set that up? You can set it up at any time. Any time, to, to to be perfectly honest, um, you know, it's it's a relatively simple process. Yeah. You can kind of you can go onto our, our website. There's a step by step guide. You know, it, it's standard with most things. You know, you need to you need you need to put a password and, and you'll get a validation email. But you know, um, set set that up. And that gives you, I suppose, kind of the start and again, the next step along in the process. And again, if there's any problems setting that up, contact our contact centre, because again, they can point you to, to you know, kind of answers to, to, to questions. Yeah, no, no, perfect. Thank you. And I, I set my, um, my SRA account up 
a couple of weeks before I started my training contract. So um, I'd already done my LPC and I set mine up a couple of weeks before I started um, just so I had the account ready. Um, obviously, I knew I didn't need to apply for admission that early, but I had my account up and ready so I could get used to the website. I could have a little play around, look at the tools and just familiarise myself um, with that account. So you can do it as early as at the start of your training contract. Um, so I'm just going to jump to the character and suitability assessment, if that's okay, because I know that there's such thing as early character and suitability. So in what circumstance would I need to apply for early character and suitability? And, and how does that play a role into admission? And, how far in advance do I need to do that if I need to sit the character and suitability test earlier than perhaps usual? Okay, you're absolutely right, Victoria. It, it's it's an absolute integral part to to, to the admission process. Uh, you know, it's something that we we treat you know we treat an individual's integrity as a, you know as a solicitor very seriously, almost on par with their ability. You know, their kind of, and their knowledge and skills. So, um, you know. Essentially, I suppose what current suitability is as a kind of process in admission is that it, it's a gateway. You know, if if you don't meet our current and suitability requirements, mm-hmm. you know, we can't admit you as as a solicitor. Um, in terms of, I suppose, kind of the the, the 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 when really, you know, under our rules, you don't have to tell us about any character suitability issues at the start of your studying or training or qualifying work experience so you don't have you don't have to tell us but you will have to um tell us at the 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 point of the point of admission so you only need to tell us when you apply for solicitor and i'll come on to early character suitability in just a sec but again look there's, there's you know so much information on our website about the types of factors will take into account when considering your character and suitability, the obligations you have to provide information to us, and lots of information about providing relevant information. So, you know, I'd encourage everyone to, to you know, type mm-hmm. character and suitability in our website, and it will bring up yeah. a whole host of things. So, um, you know, it's not, a, just to, I suppose, give some reassurance, it's not a one-way process. Yeah. You know, it's not about us taking a load of information and making a decision and, and then telling you, you know, there is an opportunity for you to contribute to kind of a, a, what we might be thinking as well. Yeah. You can respond to our position, position um, when we are re, re, uh, considering refusing your application. So, you know, in terms of our service level agreement, we're talking possibly about six, six months from, okay. from start to end, but usually it's turned around in 30 days. And early character and suitability. And what that is, is an opportunity for you um, to check with us if there are any potential problems um, with your character and suitability before you reach the point of point of admission. So you can complete an early character and suitability assessment at any time. Okay. So really what it is, is I suppose it's a bit of a temperature check. Yeah. That, you know, if you think there might be something, you know, uh, you know, um, that, 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 that you that may you know you may well have, have done or have been involved in that you think actually might this impact on me becoming yeah. a solicitor? You, you can contact to us. And that's we can give that's you brilliant a... to know because, like you say, you can do it in advance before mm-hmm. y- you know you you're on a time scale time frame, and 
I think the really key point to take away from what you've just said, Richard, and also the research I've done myself is that it is a, a collaborative um, experience. I've I've done quite a bit of research into early character and suitability because I know how important character and suitability is and it's it's a massive part of practising as a solicitor and being admitted to make sure you have those those principles that people look for in a solicitor. And I've read some stories of some people that went through um, early character and suitability and one that really kind of stood out to me is the... Um, during their undergraduate university degree, you know, their first year, they were 18 and um, something came back on one of their essays that it, they'd referenced incorrectly and it picked up, it flagged um, as a potential misconduct um, issue. So obviously um, plagiarism, misconduct, academic misconduct falls under one of the character and suitability criteria Um However, the, this story that I read, this girl that was 18, you know, this was many, many years ago. It wasn't deliberate um, dishonesty or misconduct. It's, but she went through this, this character and suitability process. And the thing that stood out to me is that she could put her statement to the SRA. She could submit statements from her lecturers, from her university, from the law firm that she currently worked at to demonstrate that this was not, um, you know, a deliberate act of dishonesty this was an error that could be discussed with the SRA and I think the SRA's approach to that was incredible you know they kind of went through all the evidence all the information spoke with this girl and and she passed the character and suitability but I think the key part to take away is that it's not a scary it's not meant to be scary it's meant to be supportive and help and and if you have got something that you think may impact being admitted as a solicitor it's it's imperative that you do that early character and suitability not keep it to yourself because they're not there to straight away just say no you did something wrong you're not allowed to be admitted as a solicitor they're there to help they're there to support you through the process and and go through it together and, and work through it and I think that really kind of struck a chord with me of the it's best to just be open as early as you can because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be admitted. It just means that you have an extra few hoops you need to jump through. And and that really kind of stood out to me as, as an amazing thing the SRA do in that they will seek evidence, they will speak to you, they will only make their decision after a collaborative you know conversation and I, I think that's really important for our listeners to know if you if you are listening and you feel like you've got something that you may need to declare or speak with about the SRA then then you need to do it and you need to do it early on and you need to not be scared because um times change and that mistakes happen and that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't can't be admitted but you also need to not keep it to yourself yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, if in doubt, it's best to get it checked out because you know mm-hmm. the, the 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 consequence of leaving is not checking it out early. If you think there is something, is that it, inevitably it might well delay your admission, where you can kind of get this sorted out much earlier in the absolutely. process. So um, it is it is worth doing it. And like you say, you shouldn't. You know, we're not actively trying to stop people from becoming solicitors. Yeah, you know, we are trying to. You know, admit people but as I said at the very, you know, very beginning this is about you know we need to make sure that 
know, individual's integrity is, 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 is paramount as well. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so um, either you've sat early character and suitability and passed or you don't have anything that you, you need to declare. You, What is the next step? When do you need to get in touch with the SRA or what do you need to do to be admitted? The, ne- the next sort of hoop to jump for want of better phrase is, is, is screening. Okay. So... You know, we will also screen any individuals who wish to be, be admitted. Um, and that process is carried out by a third party organisation called Atlantic Data. Okay. And again, loads of information on our website about this and actually, you know, loads of stuff links off to Atlantic Data's website. But, you know, as part of assessing your character and suitability, you know, this screening enables us to do that because what it will do is um, highlight kind of any issues with your identity, yeah. any issues, you know, kind of identity theft or anything like that, you know, you're holding out to be someone that, that, that you're not, for, for example, any financial bankruptcy, insolvency or any county court judgments, and then any, you know, the kind of the standard sort of disclosure bar, barring service checks. So, um, you know that's usually done face to face, but you know via video call in some circumstances. So you know there is a relationship you'll have with Atlantic Data in that. Again, Atlantic Data are there to help people as well. So if you've got any queries, contact them. Um, and there is a fee. I think it's worth pointing out there's a fee associated with um, with 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 the screening process, and that's thirty four pounds. And it's takes about four weeks now going back to one of the early points that means different things for for the different qualification routes okay so in terms of the lpc route we will uh, we will send an email to those i suppose kind of trainees um around eight weeks before the end of their period of recognized training to tell them that they can now um, apply for screening so you'll get you know kind of prompt from us to 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 start thinking about screening and then kind of think about contacting Atlantic Data and having a a a conversation with them and I suppose if I sorry I was just going to say before we move on to the SQE if I if I jump in here because I did the LPC route I had my email um I think it was about eight and a half weeks before my admission date um the admission date they knew because um my training was with the SRA so they knew when I was due when my my start date of my training and the end date of my training so they knew to email me eight and a half weeks before the end date of my the my training which my firm had automatically put on the SRA um and I got that email even though I diarized it it was very good they prompted me um it was a big email saying you now need to apply for for screening and actually the the email is very exciting because the email subject I think is something like you're due to be admitted as a solicitor soon so it's it's very exciting getting that email but I kind of just wanted to jump in with my experience I said that I got it a little bit over eight weeks um and and I suppose before we jump in to talk about the SQE as well something that I had with mine is once I'd done the the screening checks um they in that I had to obviously put in my identification document details my um I think it was my driving license I used um and then it also asked me to nominate a 
solicitor, a registered solicitor who then had to check those documents face to face. So that's how it worked for me. I did the online process with um, Atlantic Data and then they asked me to type in a solicitor. So I just typed in someone that worked at my firm because I knew I would see them at work the next day. Um, and then I had to take though that my ID document into work that nominated solicitor that I typed in, I typed in their email address, got an automatic email saying, um, Victoria wants to be admitted as a solicitor, click here to confirm this. she is who she says she is. It was a very, very simple process. Um, my supervisor followed the link, had to confirm that he'd seen my ID documents and then that was all done. Um, so very, very simple process, very informative email received from the SRA. Um, so that was my experience with with the LPC screening. Yeah, that's again, that's really good 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 to hear. Um, and you mentioned about the SQE route, and it is slightly di- slightly slightly different because um, we recommend that if you are coming through the SQE route, that you don't apply for screening until you are ready to apply for admission. Okay. Now the reason for that is that that means you'll know the outcome of your SQE assessments or exemptions if you know if, if there's an ex- any, anyone who may be thinking of exemption and you've completed potentially completed all of your qualifying work experience now that, the reason for that is because the screening results are only valid for six months so mm-hmm. if you screen and then yeah. go away and do your two-year period of um, qualifying work experience then you'll have to screen again at yeah. the point of admission so almost screen at the end for yeah. the SQE route and then, then it's valid and you know once you you know once you've got everything in place. So so hopefully that explains the difference between sort of the LPC no, yeah, route it does. and the SQE route. Yeah and and that's an important point to note because some people may think they've done the SQE one and two exams and now they want to do their screening but it but it's really good to to know and for our listeners to know that the screening results are only usually valid for six months and so don't jump the gun and, and do it before you've got your two years qualifying work experience sorted um okay brilliant so once you've done the screening what what do you do next well so when, once you've kind of done the front end of the screening you then kind of have to just do, do the kind of the, the back end kind of interface with our system and you touched on it earlier earlier Victoria you know Atlantic Data will send you a certificate um you know if there are any disclosures on that certificate we'll need this certificate the certificate to be scanned and uploaded through our system. If there's if everything's hunky dory and there's no problems and there's no issues, we'll approve your application and you'll get an email notification. So that'll be another exciting email for people, you know, mm-hmm. ready for admission. Um, and there will be an admission application form shown in your MySRA account. So the other, I suppose the other, the other nuance, just in case we've got anyone listening from overseas here, um, that um, if you live outside, if, or, or you've lived outside the UK, so if you've lived outside the UK for more than 12 months in the last 12, so the last five years, that's 12 months in the last five years, um, there is a slightly different approach. I, I don't plan you know, to go into any of the detail, but make sure you, you check that out. So I don't know whether you've you might have been travelling or yeah. you know, kind of done, done some work abroad, for example, and it, it's been longer than 12, you've been out of the country for 12 months, then there is, make sure that you're using the right, the, the right kind of screening route. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank. Thank you for that. That's that's really um, useful. And like I said previously, the SRA are there to help you. So whether you look on their website, they have amazing detail on their website, or give them a call. I'm um, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to help. Um, okay. So I've received my email saying that I've passed the screening check, um, and the application form will show in, in my SRA account. And just to add there, don't panic if when you're doing the screening the admission is not in your my sra account because it's not meant to be um they don't show up in your account to complete until you're ready to complete them um i know that i was very keen and on the my sra website um it says individual application and documents and it will only show you the applications that you are available to do so I would constantly refresh thinking what, you know, I've done my screen and check, I've submitted it, why can't I apply? And it's because it hadn't come through to me. It took, I think, five days maybe from when it was all done for it to confirm that I'd passed the, the credit check, the screen and check. And don't panic because you cannot do the application because you're simply not ready to do it yet. Um, So don't be alarmed if it's not in your, it's not because something's gone wrong or they've forgotten you off the list. It's, it's just because it's not available. And I think that's, key to kind of note because I was panicked I panicked about that and I rang the SRA and said oh it's not it's not in my applications what do I do and and they very kindly reassured me and said it's because they hadn't had the confirm you know pass from Atlantic data but but don't worry about that so then what's the next step once I have it in my applications that I can apply to be admitted well I mean you're almost there essentially you know yeah. you can you, you know you can complete that that form um you know again make sure you met, met the, the requirements for, for your route because some people do fall down bizarrely or not on that they, they don't have quite all of the pieces of the jigsaw in place mm-hmm. um so so again just make sure then um you know you're really about sort of choosing you're, you're about completing the form and then choosing your admission date so in you know in terms of your date, if you're applying under the LPC route, it must be on or after the end date of your period of recognised training. Just to just to just to clarify that, and you know, again, you can you can apply for admission up to eight weeks before your preferred admission date. So again, that's that email that, that you'll get. So, but but when 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 you've done that and we've done everything we need to do within the SRA, um, you know, we'll grant your application for admission to the role. Um, and that means we are satisfied as a regulator that you've met regulation 38.1 of our authorisation of individual rules. So, you know, if people want to go away and have a look at that, they can do. And you'll receive a notification that you're ready to choose your admission date. And then on the day you're admitted, you'll receive and we will issue your admission certificate. And then what happens then is obviously about 24 hours later, you are admitted to the to the role. Mm-hmm. And you are included on our digital solicitors uh, register. Now, we won't send you your admission certificate. Um, it's it's up to you to download that in your My SRA account. And yeah. It should be there pretty, pretty immediately. Yeah. Um, once we, once we've done all that. So, um, and again, you're then into. If you want to get your practicing certificate, you can once you've downloaded it, you can you can apply for your practicing certificate. So um, you know that kind of finishes 
the end yeah. of admission and then you're into sort of practicing certificate territory. Yeah. So so before we move on to practicing certificates, um, just to talk about my experience and um, something that I think is an important conversation to ha- to have if you haven't at this point. So like you touched upon, Richard, you can't fill out the admission form until your period of recognised training has been signed off. So mine was done four weeks before. So I was admitted on the 1st of September. So four weeks before I got an email from the SRA saying, if you haven't already done this, you need to um, complete your application for admission. I emailed my um, training principal at my firm and said, please, can you just tick off? I've had an email from the SRA and I can't finish the application process um, until my period of recognised training has been signed off. Um, That's, uh, from what I believe, a simple task for your training principal to do. They can log into their My SRA account and sign off your your period of recognised training. Then I completed the admission form. I think it took about 20 minutes in total. I had to upload my LPC certificate. Um, so just make sure you you have that um, and you have that on standby to upload because I hadn't yet uploaded any proof that I'd completed the LPC. Um, I had to upload uh, my LPC certificate and just answer a few questions. And then my um, application for admission was sent for approval by the SRA um that took i think two weeks um and then about two weeks before my admission date i got an email saying that my application for admission had been approved this was a very exciting time because i uh, got a certificate saying you know, it was called a certificate of satisfaction um which is the closest you'll get to to an actual admission certificate at this point um but of course I printed mine off and had <laughs> it up on my office wall for those two weeks. So that's a, an exciting part of the process. Um, and then you can also select your admission date in my SRA um, for when you want your admission date to be. Obviously it has to be, you have to complete your full two year training contract um, if you do the LPC route. So I did mine for the 1st of September as that was two years to the day. Um, and then again, a really good point, Richard, that you made is that you do not get emailed your certificate. It's for you to download yourself, um, but you will get an email saying your certificate is ready for download. Um, so yeah, that's really, really helpful. Thank you. So practicing certificate, um, I, I think with, with me, Richard, I thought that you had to apply for your practicing certificate at the same time as applying for admission. So this is another example. I rang the SRA in a panic and said, I'm really sorry for bothering you, but I can't apply for a practicing certificate. And I'm due to be admitted on the first, but how am I going to practice on the first if I don't have my practicing certificate? Because I didn't I didn't realise it how it worked. Um so I suppose for those listeners who are wondering, how do you practice as a solicitor once you've been admitted? How do you apply for a practicing certificate? And my, most importantly, when can you apply? Yeah, I said you know it's a really good question, and I think lots of people have been in, in, in that situation. So I think really that the, the point at which you can apply for your practising certificate is at the point at which you have been admitted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we recommend that you apply immediately after we tell you that your admission application has been granted. So that, that that's, that's the advice, really. You know, we, we aim to get everything turn around you know I think I think you know we're pretty good at this you know we you know we, we generally process 95% of applications within you know, kind of 30 days and again 
you'll get an email uh, confirmation once it's been processed and then your practicing certificate will again be available to 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 download mm-hmm. um in your mysra account so you know you have to be admitted to the role but you know you can kind of synchronize the timing timing with that um, it's also worth worth just checking i suppose whether you need a practicing certificate or yeah. not yeah. you know and i think you know the circumstances where you would need one are if you're involved with a firm or the work depends on you being a solicitor you are holding out explicitly or implicitly as a practicing solicitor, solicitor um, you're employed as a solicitor and then you are deemed by section 1A of the Solicitors Act to be acting as solicitor. So, you know, it's always worth thinking, actually, do I need a practicing certificate? Yeah. Nine times out of 10 people will. But, yeah. you know, j- j- just make that check. Um, and again, you just apply through your MySRA account. You know, yeah. It'll be there, the application, as you've said, Victoria, from early on, it'll be there, available for you. Um, and you could just go in and, and, and follow the on-screen, the on-screen prompts. Yeah. So, and again, as I've said before, look, if you, you know, if you can't find it or you've got questions or you don't know, you know, what to complete or when to complete it, give our contact centre a ring. Yeah. You know, they, they handle hundreds of queries about this sort of thing on a daily yeah. basis and they can point you immediately in the right direction yeah and and when i rang the contact contact center what they told me is that once your application for admission is has been approved they pretty much have everything they need and it will only be in exceptional circumstances where a practicing certificate won't be generated immediately so i applied for my practicing certificate the morning i was admitted so i was admitted on the 1st of september i woke up obviously i was going to work for 9am as a solicitor. I logged on um, first thing in the morning. I applied for a practising certificate and one generated immediately because obviously they had already admitted me to the role as as a solicitor. Um, I'd already, they just asked where you're practising so I just had to input my firm details um, and that that was done. Um, And just something I want to note there as well, um is if you are not practicing as a solicitor at the firm you train with so I trained at a different firm to where I work now so I got an NQ role at a different firm so I had to purchase an individual practice certificate and pay for that some firms and and most firms do and, and my firm do now I've joined um bulk renew practicing certificates every year have that conversation with your firm if you are staying at the firm you trained with it may be that they will cover the cost of applying for a practicing certificate so it was 142 pound for me to pay pay for my practicing certificate um obviously because i was leaving and i was in limbo of i hadn't started at my new firm yet but i was leaving i i paid for mine myself and and had to register as an individual but as soon as i started and i'd uploaded my firm's details onto my sra you can then select to be included in your firm's bulk um, repurchase of, of certificates every year because you need to re- renew your certificate every year. And I won't touch upon that anymore because I know this episode is aimed at those who who are firstly applying for admission and qualification. Um, however, if you are staying at the firm you've trained with, maybe just speak with your firm, see if they're going to include your first certificate in their, their bulk renewal, obviously depending on when you're admitted and depending on when your firm's bulk renewal is um but that's just important to note that there is a fee as well for the practicing certificate um perfect so that that's 
been extremely useful and you've taken through the step-by-step process so thank you for that and, and hopefully that's helped um so I just want to touch upon um if that's okay with you the, the role of a training principal very briefly because I know I know that there are some people that listen to this that are um training principals or, or work as supervisors at their firm so just kind of briefly what is the role of a training principal and as a training principal what what can you do to make sure you're doing your job properly is there things on the website for training principals or is it just for those who who are going to be admitted it's a it's a it's a really good question and you know again going back to my kind of the, the beginning you know the, the whether the role of the training principal will continue once the SQE becomes embedded is is, is something we need to, to, yeah. to keep a close eye on but but you know essentially what the training principal is there to do is is to oversee a period of recognized training um you know make sure people that are doing the right things when they're supposed to be doing it and confirm to us at the end of the period you know that essentially that you're competent to be to be a solicitor um there is lots of information on our website about the role of the training principal. We know there's there's loads of guidance. So if you want to have a look at um, that uh, and get a more of an understanding, please go, please go there. But I I think I just wanted to point out I suppose the the differences between the period of recognised training and the role of the, the training principal. And if you're coming through the qualifying work experience route, because it is it is slightly different. And I think. If you're coming through the qualifying work, if you're coming through the SQE route and do qualifying work experience, then I think you might you, you need to be a little bit more proactive. You know, if you are coming through the SQE and do qualifying work experience, and you, you're not perhaps in a two-year equivalent of a period of RT, you know, you're doing six-month blocks. Then yeah. it's it's really my advice would be be proactive about this. If if you are doing if you are doing kind of shorter placements, get your qualifying work experience. Or at least have the conversations with someone who can confirm your qualifying work experience, either a solicitor or cult, before you're coming coming to the end of whatever period of placement that is. Because in the same way that a training period, a training principal confirms you know, you're competent, a qualifying work, a, a solicitor or cult confirming qualifying work experience, they're not confirming competence, but they're confirming your the dates that you did it and that there were no issues. So you. I suppose the point is, is identify who is going to confirm your qualifying work experience. You know, and for, if you're doing it in a firm and it's, or you're already in a firm, um, you know, there are probably processes that have been developed and exist. So, so yeah. just check, check that out, I think. Um, yeah. Because what will happen in terms of when you get to admission is that when you complete and input your qualifying work experience details, a, the nominated solicitor or cop will get pinged an email that says, you know, please can you confirm the that's good to know. So did this work? So it just will speed up yeah. your process. Yeah, no, that that's good to know because I was going to ask in a minute if you were doing the SQE route, how do you log and and how does that work in terms of having those the, that signed off? So that that's really good to know. Thank you. Um, Excellent. I, I think we've covered some really good basic points there. 
um, on exactly what you need to do and when and how. And I think one of the key takeaways from this is that there is a lot of guidance on the website and the contact centre are very helpful over the phone. So if you have any questions reach out to them because they are there to help and and do your research have a good look on the website i um made sure i had a good look on the website so i knew you know step by step what i needed to do and i had in my diary you need to do this by this date but also the sra will send you emails to make sure that you're not missing important deadlines um so Thank you so much, Richard, for joining us. Um, is there any sort of closing remarks that you think is important before we we end? No, no. Thank you. Thank you for for having me. I hope that's been been, been helpful. Um, you know, I, I think if it was if I was going to leave people with a with a, a top tip, um, I, I think you've already covered it. So I'm probably kind of just just popping what you said to some extent, Victoria. You know, look. Don't try and work this out for yourself. Yeah. If if you've got any questions or queries, your life will be a lot simpler if you just con- contact us or look at our information because the people will give you the answer straight away. So that, that that's that's my top tip uh, no, that's, for anyone listening. That's brilliant. Thank you. And and the SRA are not um not people to be afraid of is what I've learned through this process. So a massive thank you to Richard and the Solicitors Regulation Authority for your assistance and input in this episode of the Legal Lives podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you share it on social media such as LinkedIn and Instagram and make sure you subscribe and tune in to our next episode which will come in shortly. Thanks so much for listening and have a good day or evening. Bye!